Hey, everybody. What a Monday morning this was. Gary Vaynerchuk actually crashed the stage of our show today. It was during a sponsor uh, by our valued sponsor, Block Bar. Really, really wild ride on today's show. We discussed the Akutar debacle that resulted in a $34 million loss. Right as the show concluded, the Akutars were hitting the open sea market and they're now pumping really hard. And we discussed NFTs as a token of authenticity and proof of ownership technology which is a big part of Block Bar, the sponsor of today's show's business. Make sure uh, that you like and follow the podcast on whatever platform you are listening to it on and hope you enjoy the show. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Happy Monday. This is the NFT Morning Show. This happens Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 10.30 a.m. Eastern. What a weekend it was in the NFT space. We have a ton of stuff to talk about. I have a tweet pinned to the top because this edition of this show is sponsored by Block Bar, and we are going to be learning more about the Block Bar platform later in the show. But if you retweet that tweet that's pinned to the top and you stick around until we do the giveaway at the end of the show, then you can win one of two NFTs that we're giving away. One has a 0.2 Ethereum value, and one has a whopping 1.5 Ethereum value, a Patron NFT. Very, very dope giveaway that we're doing today. Hey, Nick, good morning. Good morning. How are you? How are you oh, doing? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. I'm very excited about today's giveaway. Uh although I don't drink, but that doesn't mean you can't, you know, place a valuable bottle of liquor on your table for everyone to observe as they walk through your place. They say, my gosh, this person has incredible taste. And that, that's what I think uh, they'd experience for whoever ends up getting uh, that particular bottle. Yeah, it definitely adds a layer of sophistication. Um, now that I know about Block Bar and what Block Bar is doing, it's making me want to invest in the high-end wine and spirits asset class. Uh, I, I can't wait to talk to the CEO and oh, yeah, dig into it. I was just going to say, I mean, I don't know if you remember this, but you didn't buy Moonbirds. Mm -hmm. And so what you could actually do is potentially use that capital and reallocate it towards some nice bottles of liquor and then maybe even drink one of them uh, as you sort of sit and wallow in your sorrow mm -hmm. over the fact that you missed out on that trade. Signal, how are you doing this morning? Morning, folks. I'm doing great. I'm doing great. What a weekend. It was like every day I woke up on the weekend, there was like the first thing I do is check the NFT news and my jaw for the last two days has just been dropping. But it's it's been great. It's been really good. <laughs> I had a similar jaw-dropping experience over the weekend and I think a lot of people in the audience probably know what we're talking about, but we're definitely going to dive into it. Um, you know, as far as the weather report goes, I'll be curious to hear what Captain Kicks is thinking as far as uh, you know, what the the sort of storms over the weekend really looked like, Captain Kicks, how you doing? Fantastic. How are you all doing today on this beautiful, beautiful Monday? Oh, fantastic, Nick. Do you were going to say something. Well, it's hard to call it stormy weather. Instead, it's uh, uh, bright skies with a sort of shade of technical errors and uh, you know, lightning storms, iso isolated lightning. I think is what I would call that. Um, and, but that's like heat lightning. You know, you're like, it's great weather. There's lightning over there. It's a cool observation. Doesn't impact my dinner. <laughs> 
Okay. Very nice. Captain and let's Kick just say we're dining at fine dining establishments. Okay. So that's <laughs> that based on the current NFT market. <laughs> okay. Captain Kicks, can you hit us with the weather report, please? Yes, most definitely. Pulling it up right now. Okay, um, we'll, we'll, we'll wait. <laughs> hey, yeah, yeah so, just load up. Hey, can um, you guys keep it down? This is the weather report. What is Excuse that, me, sir, in the studio? <laughs> can you hear yourself in the studio? Thank you. So volume over the weekend was uh, very strong. We, we, we've had some weekends that were, were pretty weak previously. Moonbirds has really changed everything. So we had back-to-back -back days over $130 million, and that puts us at uh, a record nine days over $130 million. Um, it, it, the, the volume is, is surprisingly impressive. Um, and it's also doing that despite the price of ETH going down, which actually affects the USD volume. Um, so it was Saturday and Sunday were especially strong. So that was good to see. Um, we have all of the ape collections just going on absolute tears. So we have apes at 140 ETH. We have mutants at 40 ETH. And we have dogs at 14 ETH. Uh, Yuga Labs announced their Metaverse uh, land sale will be on April 30th. Um, so that is this upcoming Saturday. So mark it on your calendars. Tell all your friends you're not hanging out on that day because you've got more important things to do. Um, in terms of the other bl blue chips, uh, most everything is ranging. Um, Moonbirds retraced to 32 ETH. I thought it was just ranging, but apparently there was some drama with COO Ryan Carson faced for faced some FUD for a conflict of interest, raising money for his NFT fund. Interesting. Interesting. I didn't know that was the reason behind the drop. Uh, it may just be ranging. It's up to 34.25 right now. Um, eight bit me, uh, one of the highest quality art projects I've seen in, in recent memory. <laughs> had a meteoric rise. I think it got all the way up to like two ETH. Four. Two, what? Four it, ETH. We we sold it to it got up to four. Oh my lord. That's just that's just straight degeneracy. I'm disappointed for <laughs> the community. Um and the reason is is because it's due to historical ties to Kevin Rose, Gary Vaynerchuk bought in, and Moonbirds proof holders oh. wept. It, it's also due to the fact that uh, you get a supposedly a conference ticket yeah. to the proof. Apparently, conference tickets now everyone just casually spends ten grand on conference tickets. But can, <laughs> continue, uh, it's ridiculous. So they just picked a random project and was like, "This is how you get a conference ticket." Buy them. <laughs> it, it, you get a proof conference ticket. So in addition, you can own proof. You can own Moonbirds, and apparently, Eight Bit Me is going to be another. All of a sudden access to a conference that we have no idea what the hell it is. Uh, Ryan Carson is running, though, and and he knows that he only does the best conferences, you know? Um, and so, yeah, that's where we're currently at with that. $7,000 conference tickets, uh, no-brainer. Yeah, and I, I wonder if uh, Ryan Carson's NFT fund owns 50% of 8-Bit Me's because it makes sense that Moonbirds and Proof are getting access tickets, but if you kind of line up Moonbirds, Proof, and then 8-Bit Me, I mean, one of them definitely sticks out. Leave it at that. Um, the Artifact Monolith boxes pumped all the way up to 12 ETH, I think, um, but they're definitely over 10 ETH still after Nike revealed Crypto Picks, their digital shoes offering eight revolutionary or evolutionary, rather, skins. Um, 
and holders can customize their sneakers with various looks and designs and wear it nowhere. Currently nowhere you can wear it. There is no active metaverse to use it, but you can customize it and look at it on your screen. So those are going for about $28,000. Um, <laughs> uh, makes a lot of sense. What was interesting is they actually dropped down to like four to six after the reveal, then went on their way up. Um, 10KTF, what a, you know, just a, a slow cook that's now working out fantastically. 10 KTF collections at all time highs, speculation sweeps and rumors. There's some linkage to the other side. 10 KTF is at 1.4 ETH. Stockroom is at 0.3 ETH. I woke up today with a like 1.8 ETH or 2 ETH offer on my Ape backpack. So, man, if you got in and you bought a lot of the Board Ape collection um, when, when 10 KTF was sleeping, you did very, very well. Pre-Mint Pass is doing absolutely phenomenal. They went up to like 3.5 ETH. I think they're ranging in the high twos, low threes right now. And while the rest of the crypto market is just bleeding out and the stock market is bleeding out, we have ApeCoin still sitting at $17, That's which ridiculous. is absolutely uh, ridiculous and phenomenal. And just to, to, to sum up the weather report, I honestly do think there's a possibility because I'm in a lot of crypto trading groups and it's always very interesting to me when I see my friends who normally just trade crypto tokens start buying NFTs and they've done it like once before. But I think there's this interesting effect and there's a potential chance that if crypto continues to be ugly and altcoins continue to get hammered, so people really trying to speculate, I do think there is a chance that we see a bunch of crypto people just like snowball into nfts over the next month it's not a guarantee but i think it's a potential chance when the rest of the markets are just struggling so hard you can you can see people be like all right they'll just get frustrated they're sitting in tokens just going down by 20 30 percent and then they see moonbirds you know and all these projects doing casual 5 10x's so i do think that it's a chance that we see even more volume and we see a lot of people in the crypto markets shift over to nfts but the volume's looking great out here yeah, there's some weird things happening. 8-Bit Me didn't see that coming on my bingo card, but uh, the markets are looking strong to me. Back over to you in the studio. Well, first of all, that was a fantastic weather report, but you did miss one of the biggest stories, unless somehow I didn't catch that you brought it up. Yes, uh, a, giant, the weather, a giant sinkhole opened up on Friday, causing $34 million to completely disappear from our um, ecosystem. So uh, I don't know if that's part of the weather or not, but um, I think that's what you're referring to, P.O. Do you, and and in, rela in related news, P.O. is recovering from a mild stroke, folks. He seems, <laughs> well. he seems to sound coherent, but go ahead, Yes, see, that's definitely weather. It's just a hurricane. Yeah. I mean, look, uh, that's the biggest story of the weekend for sure. And I think that we're about to see that story continue because the NFTs are about to be delivered. It sounds like the uh, contract was rebuilt from scratch. And for everybody that uh, doesn't know what we're talking about, we're talking about uh, you know a project that I own quite a bit of. Uh, Signal is also a moon god, which is the Akutar project by Micah Johnson. Um, you know, there was a one line bug in the smart contract, one single line of co uh, code. That's how a bug works. Yeah, Nick, Nick understands better than me, obviously, as a software engineer. But anyway, the contract was exploited by two different uh, white hat hackers, I guess you would call them. Am I correct about that, Nick? White hat? 
Yeah, supposedly it was a bunch of people with good intentions. That you know, good a intentions. bunch of people with good intentions that uh, came in and were like, oh, don't worry, I'll just take care of your job for you. And let me just run this line of code. Oh, oh, whoops. Uh, we got uh, the 20, so $35 million gone. Um, it, it, I, I was debating this and uh, I got I received some hate from uh, developers that were like, no, what they should have just done was audit the contract. I was saying it was unnecessary complexity. Uh, this could fall both ways. I still think it was unnecessary complexity in the contract, but I mean, both people are technically correct in this case. But basically, they audited the contract and then added additional code. And if you look at that code, that just area of it just looked uh, very scary. Um, like there was a lot of room for error, uh, and there ended up being error. So, I mean, and, and what's crazy though is that the the reason like the 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 person that like put in the like exploit with like and then had the ability to turn it off i don't think they realized that by doing that like they thought they were just going to prove a point then turn it off and everyone would be fine but by doing that they locked out all of the funds because there was some line of code that said that basically like everybody had to be refunded before they could withdraw and because of that person like putting in that temporary exploit, they'll never be able to like those numbers will never match up. So they'll never be able to withdraw. I, it's absolutely I, brutal. I think it may have actually been um, the, there was some other action that was taken that ended up actually locking it. Not the first exploit. I don't remember the exact sequence. The, I think oh, it, was the iteration it. it was the iteration because the the problem is they didn't account for people buying in bulk. So the total number of NFTs was always going to be uh, larger than oh, the man. was moving up to. So they can never. And the line of code said that they had to surpass or equal to the total number of NFTs created, but they didn't account for that. So they're never actually able to. So get Ben, that was just a separate bug. If the other guy didn't even do the exploit, this still would have happened. Yeah, which is true. Yeah, let's take. Yeah, exactly. Let me let's maybe take a step back just in case people don't know if I can do it or someone else can. So basically what we're talking about is Akutar had this uh, the, the, the Micah Johnson Aku project was doing their Akutar PFTs that were dropping. They were about four, I think four ETH at the time. And then it was going to a public sale. And basically what happened was to simply put it, there was a bug in the contract. And in case it's not clear for people, this money was not stolen by hackers. It is gone forever. No one will ever see it again. So it was a bug in the contract. Uh, people will get their refunds, which I don't know if you want to transition to like the market talk. Obviously, there's going to be some fud around this or some, you know, it seems like they're going to make it right. I, I per my personal opinion, I, I wouldn't I, we, we just call everything FUD. That's like that. I don't I wouldn't call this FUD. This seems much more like a normal. OK, you have a corporation and then some worker like screwed up a code and then 10 executives then have to like, you know lose their entire weekend fixing this fud is like to me a different kind of category this was just a total screw up i did not see anybody normally when there's fud there's some other person like schadenfreude laughing at them saying oh your project is dumb or whatever you screwed up this everybody was just kind of horrified i think everybody felt horrible for micah everybody felt horrible for the project so i think the project you know i think will recover if you want to talk about like how this affects the market for octars obviously you know listen it turns it seems like the, the thing they did wrong was that that they did not open this up to auditing and when they were alerted by white hackers they were like they ignored it and so there's some accusations I mean, of hubris on the part of the team 
I don't think that goes up to Micah, but when you're in the head, right, when you're the head of an organization, right, the buck stops with you, right, you create the culture. So I understand that. They, I still they were literally, the project, but yeah, go ahead, take over. They were literally crying on uh, Discord the other day, and it, it was just like, I don't know. I mean, it, it, when you're operating at that scale, yeah, there's no excuse to not audit your contract. Like, if you're, if you're bringing that amount of capital. Especially if you're doing something non-standard yeah right. and that that the, was the, the proper thing that was duction. crazy there, yeah the pro was... it was a proper dutch auction so the lowest price is what everybody paid and then a 0.5 e3 reimbursement for current akutar holders yeah I which mean, is unfortunate because like yeah. people have been asking for that style of dutch auction in the industry too and for this to be such a you know a, a vis highly visible attempt at it and it going wrong i think it, is is a good thing for the space in general so people can at least understand how to improve on it moving forward um i like that they were attempting it but yeah the the lack of auditing on on a contract that was bringing in you know tens of millions of dollars i think is just a huge oversight i've advocated for this specific calculation obviously i'm obviously not a coder so maybe i didn't realize how hard it was but i I applaud them for trying, but yeah, it's it's just it's just a sad situation. Yeah, and even if they didn't audit it, if they were on like the test net and they were able to like test it out, they would have been able to catch this. But it's just super sad when it's such a hardworking team and such a great project for this to happen. They literally lost thirty six million dollars, and then you have Pixelmon who made seventy million dollars and just rugged everybody. Over to you, Signal. Um. Yeah, I'm just gonna say on this, like going forward. Micah Johnson, if anybody doesn't know his background, he's a former Major League Baseball player. This is someone who knows failure, knows how to deal with failure. And this project is not going anywhere. I mean, you can say I'm biased because I hold many of the chapters and I've invested various amounts of money into this. But I see this as the hero's journey in the same way that Aku has his hero's journey as a character. This is the abyss. This is death right now. And I see that team coming back. And what you're going to see is a community that's going to rally around a leader and an, an, an idea and a mission. And if I was, if, if I had a project, I would be asking myself this. If this had happened to me, would my community stand up and be like, we're going to make this work. We are going to make sure that this project continues. Or would all of your community be like, bye, see ya, we're selling and we are rotating into the next shiny thing, the, the next shiny uh, new project. And what you're going to see with the Aku community is they're going to rally and this will go forward and this, like the idea and the mission will happen. So there might be delays, but I fully believe Aku, Micah Johnson, they're on the hero's journey. A thousand percent signal. And people were trying to like dunk on me on Twitter on Friday saying that I was, I was, you know, on copium and it's like PO's just coping, trying to cope. Who, who I was like, saying that? What do you mean? Like there was a, there was an army of people that were like, Yo, look at P.O. He's just losing his money. Yes, yes, literally. People really? were dunk. Yeah, dude. Are you kidding me? People dunk on you every chance you get on Twitter as soon as you have like a couple thousand followers. I put out a tweet storm Friday night because as you can imagine, right, because just to give people context, my Aku bag um, was worth a quarter million or the whole bag was worth over $300,000 at about 4 p.m., 
on Friday. It's so funny. Uh, wow. My guy, my guy Matt James. Shout out Matt James, the Bachelor. He's also a Moon God. He and I were DMing on Friday, and he was like, "Are you gonna sell any?" And I was like, "Yo, I'm actually like a diamond hander, right? Like I'm not. Uh, I'm pro like I'm too bullish on this. I'm just gonna hold all of them." And then the next day we're DMing, and it was like, "Holy shit! Like I can't believe what just happened in the past 24 hours. Like nobody could have ever seen this coming." And the Aku community in general, statistically speaking, is one of, I believe, the top five most diamond-handed communities in the entire NFT space. For the past 15 months, the total number of listings on the Aku chapters was so consistently low. I forget what the percentage is, but it was probably sub 5% or something, right? And I was tweeting a lot about how this is going to be a crazy comeback story about how if you don't know the Aku community, blah, blah, blah. And people were dunking on me saying I was trying to cope and saying I had 85% of my net worth in Aku and I should have taken profits. But the bottom line is I really stand by that. And they just tweeted 30 minutes ago that uh, they're just waiting on OpenSea's approval and then those Akutars are about to hit the market, you already saw people buying the worthless mint passes post-snapshot just in an effort um, to get like some royalties into the pockets of, uh, you know, the Akutar uh, or excuse me, the Aku team. So at the end of the day, I think we could still see crazy fireworks actually in the short term. If you want to hate on that opinion and say that I'm just trying to bag pump or I'm on, I have copium and all this other stuff, that's fine. But the bottom line is like people love an underdog. Uh, this was a mistake. It was an oversight. But I think if you empathize with this team and just imagine what they're going through right now, given the magnitude of this loss, I was basically comparing it to somebody dying. Because if you know this team, you know their ambitions are absolutely you know, it, it, they have really, really, really big ambitions. So you have to think that the community is going to rally. I already saw people like G Money tweeting that he's a buyer under like one ETH and stuff like that. But I wouldn't be surprised if we see a, a relatively quick recovery. But then again, you really never know. This is kind of an unprecedented thing in the space. Jesse, you have your hand raised. What's going on? Yeah, I mean, a couple things. I think, yeah, just on, on the market level. Yeah, first of all, I've already bought a couple chapters on the low. Um, you know, we had Mike on the show. First of all, this is it's probably this is something that's interesting. It's right. He has other venture capital money. Right. If this was purely a Web3 decentralized play, who knows? The project could be dead. But he has other venture capital money. Will that dry up or whatever? Who knows? But this wasn't a, a completely all in like Web3 play. You could even tell when he was talking. It was like, yeah, we have venture capital money. You want to go on Luxury? Sure. Go on Luxury. We're going to go on Coinbase. Like, he was, you know, it's just kind of like this is a. Uh, kind of a unique intellectual property play that embraced Web3. So there's, you know, there's probably some money there. I'm definitely a buyer. I think I've seen in the chat, most people are buyers. At, you know, if, if for some reason the Aquitars drop significantly, which, you know, I don't know if they will or not. So yeah, on that end, I think that's right. I mean, I do think there is a case to be made for, I mean, I know you're like di the diamond handers and the ape system, right, have reaped so many rewards from diamond handing, but there is something to say for diversification. Um and it's and yeah, obviously, first of all, screw PO. So what? These three hundred fifty thousand dollar bags are now worth one hundred fifty thousand. Like, no, I'm just kidding. But but Perk like there is a problems. case to be made, right? We were talking about you maybe getting a moon bird, right? This is why you diversify. Is the bottom line? It's not because you want. Oh, I want part of this and I want part of that. It's like it's not that. It's the unknown unknowns. You just never know what's around the corner. This was so unprecedented and weird. But that's the whole reason you diversify. I know, and I I applaud you, PO, for sticking with the project. I'm just saying, like, if we're talking about market strategies. This is why you do it, because you just never freaking know, right? A, a creator can just die one day, right? We, so all, all kinds of weird things are going to happen. 
And so that's that's the case for diversification. Yeah, um, I agree. Go ahead, Nick. No, I was going to say, uh, just I just wanted to acknowledge what he was saying about the ape holders. You know, yeah, we've really, the diamond hand has really paid off. And I think this week we've seen that as well. Uh, I, in all honesty, that's about to hit the, my original target price from last year. And now I'm facing tough decisions here at this moment. Yeah. I mean, look, there's a lot going on in the market. Uh, Node, who's on stage right now, his thesis of all the value accruing at the top is definitely in full force right now. Node, what do you make of what's going on? And I guess what projects do you consider, you know, being those projects that are going to benefit from your thesis? Yeah, well, let's let's uh, go ahead and, and start with Moonbirds, our favorite. Uh, I, I, I'm afraid to say this, but I I. I, it's been bothering me for over a week, uh, which has been Ryan Carson. Uh, first, he goes ahead and says, uh, makes this big public ordeal about dumping his punks uh, in order to buy Moonbirds, which is is fine. You know, I, I'm, I obviously am biased, but I just felt like that was a little bit in bad taste. And then he starts posting these price charts of how fast Moonbirds is rising. And then he goes and says he's starting a fund that looks like it's in direct competition to the Proof Collective. Uh, so that that all of that was like all of like made me like him less and less throughout the week. What I'm reading on Twitter today actually is that it sounds like he might actually be moving on. Which I there was a space at midnight last night that Kevin Rose held in which he said he'd be adjusting day to day operations, and Kevin Rose is going full time on Moonbirds and Proof. Whereas Ryan will be taking a step back from that. So hugely bullish. That, that's that's very bullish news. I mean, yeah, honestly, probably the most bullish thing I've heard since I was told sixty-five million is not a lot of money. But it's odd <laughs> that his fund is now trying to raise thirty million. Which, quick math, that's a little bit less than sixty-five. So interesting to see this uh, this set of dynamics happen in real time. Yeah, the, the irony there is that. A fund, uh, you, you don't get more than 2% of that. So that actually means that uh, a $30 million fund, you really only have, um, what, uh, $600,000 to play with. So that's going to be a little bit less than $60 million. <laughs> Tiny bit, but don't worry. It's not a lot of money. Ben, you were going to add? Yeah, just a couple of things. And, and this is just from like the, the rumor speculation that we've been seeing, but um, one, it, uh, what I heard from that is that Kevin knew about it ahead of time, that he, Ryan was already working on it. They just didn't expect Moonbirds to pop off so quickly. So I guess they were expecting it to be a slower transition out. It's just a little weird that the, the COO of something so huge would already be leaving. Like At this point, you, like why even start a fund if, it, if Moonbirds is being so successful? But uh, the, the second part of the speculation is with uh, Alexis Ohanian from Reddit in that th there's two things I've seen so far, either that he's moving into the COO position, which I think may be less likely, but more so coordination with like the high rise project that they're going to be putting out. Um, so I, th I think there's definitely a lot of talk going on. But Kevin Rose said that there's going to be an, an announcement today about the operations. Yeah, so they're they're going to figure it out. I also think that it's strange to launch your own fund when you are a C-level person in the hottest NFT project that's come out in like um, six to nine months. Basically, every CEO, although I will say there is a pattern that, that I've found from it. In Silicon Valley, a lot of the CEOs of startups are either have a fund and or uh, are scouts for other venture funds. But 
my own observation is that you usually don't hear about it, uh, the CEOs of wildly successful companies. Like Mark Zuckerberg was not running a fund when he was CEO of Facebook and still is CEO of Facebook. It, he wasn't focused on running a fund. So there seems to be like, it, it's an interesting pattern. Um, I always find it fascinating when the company is like still relatively small in terms of like a couple million dollars a year in revenue and the person's off running a, a fund. It feels strange to do that at the early stage of a business. It makes a lot more sense like later because if you're doing a good job as CEO, then ideally like you really don't have a lot to do uh, outside of like setting vision continuing to close funding, meetings with board members and uh, management of your executives. At, like there's not, um, you should have more free time as the organization scales, but it's it still doesn't make a ton of sense um, to, to like, like this early. I mean, they literally dropped Moonbirds. Wasn't it last week? Yeah, bro, um, wait a fucking week. <laughs> <Another> week. <laughs> so, so, That's okay, a crazy yeah, yeah, concept. Two, Two weeks seems like, you know, at least a reasonable threshold. <laughs> Two weeks is fine, for, right? Like, that, that's, that's fair to everybody. <laughs> like, like what's, what's hilarious about it is, is uh, that it's not like they have a team of 50 people. They have four employees at maybe. And so, like, they're the same size as us with just a lot more capital, although it's not a lot of capital in their own words. But I don't know. I think I think it's it's fascinating to see. There's a lot of work when you're at that size, and everyone's like all hands on deck, and there's a responsibility for everybody to be doing stuff. So it, it's sort of uh, it, it's pretty crazy to to see that. I don't know. We'll see what ends up happening, but I'm overall bullish on the project and their ongoing announcements and things like that. And I, it's very clear that Kevin Rose um, wants to like has good intentions with this and more so like when we compare it to like larva labs with crypto punks to me it's still night and day like they're trying to be a lot more like if not even outshine attempt to outshine a board api club or something like that um simply on the execution side uh because when you think of like larva labs where they drop me bits and everyone was like yeah they're gonna build a metaverse and they're gonna do all these other things and there was no plan whatsoever to do those things uh, it, I don't know. I just think it's it's um, they are doing a great job with execution, uh, regardless of one person's impact on that business. So I, I, I'm still bullish on that project, but I'm also biased because I own uh, a whopping one of them. Yeah. I mean, Nick, look, I think you got like a like an NBA 10 day contract as like a tryout and you had to just <laughs> see if he was going to actually be good. And Kevin was like, you know what? Those posts that you made about prices, I think we're just going to move on with you. <laughs> I feel like it may not even be that way. I think it's more so like I like Kevin and him have been working on proof for an extended period of time. So I and I don't know if they've worked to, together in the, I don't think they've worked together in this capacity before. I'd gone, I mean, I remember Kevin Rose speaking at uh, Ryan's like first conference in London in, like many years ago. And I, I don't know, like it, it just seems, um, well, it'll be interesting to see what happens, but it sounds like, yeah, he's going to have a diminished role. And uh, regardless, you know, proof is, is still a, a great project and they have big intentions. But yeah, it's also difficult when the price immediately goes to this. Like Board Ape Yacht Club was hovering at like sub half ETH for literally the, for like a month or at least like many weeks. I think it was at least a month, if not, if not longer. It took a to, month to get to 0.69. Yeah. 
Yeah. So then like for, for it to, for the, the level that, uh, Moonbirds has gone to so quickly is just absolutely absurd. And I think it's just more indicative of there being a lot more money at the top of the market in this space, thanks to Board Ape Yacht Club and people that are comfortable with like holding a significant amount of NFTs um, in terms of just like portfolio size. So the, the, the space has changed, but it's sort of weird because like, I, I I don't know if the market has fully expand, like if the market is continuing to expand at the pace that the top has, and so it'll be it'll be interesting to see what happens. But yeah, I mean, for now, it looks pretty cool. I can't figure out how to Moonbirds opened up this weekend their um, nesting. I, I missed that announcement, so I got to go figure out how to do that. Uh, but I'm still bullish on them, and it, it'll be interesting to see uh, outside of the gossip and drama uh, surrounding. Uh, a C COO who's posted some out of tweet, uh, out of, sorry, out of touch tweets. It, 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 it's still an operating project. So I'm, I'm very excited to see where that is. I wouldn't worry too much. Um, someone yeah. did post. It's confirmed that Ryan was going to launch this fund before Moonbirds started. So it's not even like this came out of the blue. It was already confirmed. I just think that, yeah, like Ben said, we're nine days removed from the launch, nine or 10 days. I think the optics of that, if people weren't aware, because it's not like they put out Moonbirds and they said, we're putting Moonbirds out and Ryan's launching a fund. You know, th that's not part of the announcement. That's just something that he was doing. Um, so if anything, the lesson to be learned is to maybe you should have just launched the damn fund right before Moonbirds, just get it launched or wait either or but you're 10 days into the most electric nft project that's ever come out in terms of like how quickly it pumped um so probably not the best look ben you were gonna say something yeah i, I just wanted to say like one, one thing that wasn't mentioned about that like the way he launched it is a few hours before he was like asking for like JavaScript and HTML help or something on, you know, publicly on his Twitter for someone to make a one page of the website. So it kind of seems like it, it, the announcement was even rushed out because of, of the, the tweets that he put about like, Hey, you know, looking to build a site and then boom, it, it's up a few hours later and let's post about it. So I, I think just the timing of everything is what's, m you know, most concerning about people in that it, it's so quick after they did not, not just successful, successful mint, but I, I think, you know, it, it's one of the top selling collections of all time already, like over Doodle. So the timing to, to me was just the, the point that uh, I think people should really be focused on. Yeah, it's not going to kill the project. If anything, it might prompt some new buyers to buy in. Maybe it'll give me an entry point that I like enough to buy in. We can only pray. Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. Um, one breaking news item is that people are tweeting that Twitter and Elon Musk are reaching an agreement. So we don't know if that's 100% confirmed. It but sounds like Bloom when Bloomberg posts that that's confirmed, which is what they did, uh, it's probably all but confirmed at that point, which is pretty app like pretty absurd. But anyways, that one person is going to own Twitter. I mean, that's like, yikes. <laughs> Well, I mean, look, there's some yikes stuff with Twitter right now. So at the end of the day, we'll see what he has in store for it. Uh, Wapi, you had your hand raised. What's going on? Yeah, I was just going to say the Ryan thing rubbed me the wrong way when he started tweeting about it the other day, but I didn't have a problem with him doing it. So I don't believe or I don't not believe that this wasn't in motion beforehand, but I just get the sense that Ryan's the kind of guy who saw how much hype was behind Moonbirds and wanted to capture as much of that as he could for his own project. So 
optically i don't think he was thinking maybe the best for like the project he was mostly focused on what's going to be best for him and his fund and that's what i think happened here how many moonbirds do you have left Wappy? i uh de-risked a moonbird yesterday before all this drama so i've got one and a half one and a half moonbirds left and you booked how much profit um like I, I don't know what the profit is like 24 i guess but uh, i netted 36 after the sale wait you're out uh, what, you how many you have one left right I have one and a half. Okay. I'm just free nice. riding my one. So like that one straight up to Valhalla. I'm gonna be board ape next year. So watch out, motherfuckers. Oh, oh, Wappy. Yo, let's go, be... Wappy. <laughs> well, I believe that. If I could uh, take the over on Wappy becoming a board ape, I would absolutely take that. That's well, no joke. I just want to say uh, it's interesting to see like. Man, the goal for many people, I think even Bored Apes, we like wanted to own a CryptoPunk, but just didn't want to buy a CryptoPunk. Now a lot of them, well, basically any of them that have held onto their Bored Ape can buy a CryptoPunk, but just uh, haven't, or, or if they have, they're just We've not rocking it. Airdrop. Yeah, I mean, you you can you can just go and buy a CryptoPunk. Um, well, it's like, I, especially now, it's like it's part of like the Bored Ape Yacht Club Yuga Labs ecosystem, you know what I mean? So it's like, if you have an ape, might as well hold the best in the business, right? Like, why are you going to, like, downgrade to the ugly stepchild, you know? Yeah. It, no. I, yeah. I, I, wow. I just think it's interesting Calling that people... punk an ugly stepchild, that hurts, man. Come on, <laughs> they're the OGs. And this, this hurts me. It, like, I lament when people are, like, talking down on punks. Uh, number one, because I'm a bag holder. But number two, because like, dude, they are, they like anyone that goes against it. I'm just like, dude, they started it all. Like, uh, I don't, like, I don't think anyone's going against historical item, you know, no, no one's going against crypto punks. I think everyone's still like, I, I still want one. My, my target price for crypto punks was, uh, around a hundred, a hundred thousand dollars. Um, which it sounds ludicrous, but I, it, and it could even go slightly lower. I, I just think we haven't seen w where I'm waiting for with that is for like absolute complete uh, despair and desperation within the, the market capitulation that that's where I would uh, enter in and buy a crypto punk. And I think that we still have the potential of doing that regardless. I mean, it's, it's close, uh, it's close directionally to that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I just think it's fascinating to see people and from uh, most of the people that I saw before, they still just prefer wanting a bored ape. So that just makes me even more bullish. Um, yeah, I think I think pride punks have more upside. Just personally. <laughs> <laughs> uh, note, note, I wanted to ask, do Coda's and the Yuga Labs land sale fall into your thesis? Oh, for sure. Uh, for sure. Despite the fact that we're going to have to endure another however many weeks or months of apes talking about how amazing they are, uh, we <laughs> are going to like Codas are they're I think they're a guarantee like home run if you can get one early on. Uh, well, we and, saw and it, we, we saw Moonbirds hit like eight to ten right out of the gate, right? Like Invisible Friends hit ten right out of the gate. What a Codas hit right out of the gate. Oh, I think I, I think right around there uh, sounds about right to me. Uh, but if you talk to someone like Tropo, he thinks like literally this is going to be like a uh, fortnight for for apes. So uh, I don't know. Last time I took Tropo's advice, uh, I bought a mutant at three ETH. So I, he kind of got me a little bit more bullish than I previously was. Uh, I thought it was funny 
like uh, last week when over the weekend, when everyone got so excited about the announcement, you realize they were just uh, confirming the fact that they did indeed say they were launching other side in April, right? Like that was that was just an, a confirmation of an announcement, but still excited about it. I think uh, I'm definitely going to, you know, hopefully whatever I can get my hands on, definitely going to allocate so, some. So I guess, uh, you know, Board Ape Yacht Club soon enough will buy Epic Games. And that's 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 where we're headed. It's kind of it's difficult building Fortnite. I'm going to be honest, but maybe they end up pulling it off and, you know, uh, they have a bunch of capital. Uh, so here's hoping that they do. Uh, one thing I was going to say, if you haven't retweeted the tweet pinned to the top of this uh, space, we are giving away and we're about to have on block bar in a couple of minutes here. I don't know. We may have to rotate out speakers to let them on. Uh, but if you retweet it, you have a shot at a 1.5 ETH NFT and 0.2 ETH NFT. Um, that I think that may be I'm the most. Give, Nick might as well give away a portal. That was almost a half ETH yesterday, or it was right. It um, there were sales at 0.5. We don't talk about price, right? We just saw what happened. No, we don't talk it's about true. Bruno. So we're actually launching a fund. Uh, it's going to be 10 ETH a quarter. Uh, I get 95 percent of all profits. Uh, just don't ask questions. I just wanted to quick, real quick, to convert to to switch to some other projects. I know my my Dolce and Gabbana bags are down bad, so I need to. Well, hold on. I'm, I'm mentioning the sponsor. But, I want to finish the statement, <laughs> and and you're like, yeah, 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 real quick to switch. Well, go no, ahead, no, no, Jesse. No, no, please the sponsor, go. I just want to go, point no, out. Go that ahead. Swan go ahead. Is in the building, so if you no, want please to go her ahead. Talk B no, Swanstead is in the building. I don't know if she visits the show normally, but if you wanted to invite her up to talk BFF, you could also. After, of oh. course, FTX gets its props. We can't. We have a today, sponsor Justin. that's we coming on. I mean, today. like, what, what's going on here? What's going? <laughs> on? You, <laughs> what you run this? in. What, we got we got the front office and the back office clearly not in a miscommunication here. I apologize <laughs> on behalf of everybody. You know, it's uh, and and it's not really the front office. It's the people that are on the show. Those people are always going crazy over there in the studio. They get to have all the fun, you know. But the but the people here in the back office, we're just out here computing things and doing running numbers and scenario analysis and things like that. Anyways, block bar posted to the top. Give that a retweet. You got, uh, you know, I'm not going to tell you what your odds are. Your odds are increased if you retweet. Okay, that's that's how that, that's how it operates here. So, anyways, um, now, Jesse, before Block Bar comes on, if there is a project that you did want to discuss, I don't want you know, I don't want to speak over you. My apologize. Uh, my apologize. My, my apologize. Apologies. All right, the show's Yo, going my off apologize. the rails, ladies and gentlemen. This is happening right now. Retweet the tweet at the top. You'll have a chance to win a Patron NFT. And we're going to dive deep into Blockbar, which I find a very fascinating NFT platform. This is realistically the sponsor I've been most excited about, besides for FTX, of course, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, this show happens Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time. I hope that you can catch us every day. We're going to have a couple more uh, speakers speak, and then we're going to let Blockbar uh, Block on stage. We got Wapi and Eddie who have been waiting with their hands raised. Uh, Wapi, real quick, what's going on? Yeah, I guess just really quickly, um, I've been listing stuff on Luxrare and X2Y2. I even listed the bird under price on X2Y2 and Luxrare, and someone still bought it on OpenSea. So people, start looking at Luxrare. Like, it was underpriced on Luxrare, and you guys didn't buy it there, so... Well, yeah, that, looks rare. And then onto Depeche Mode's thing, Coda. I'm getting a Coda. If you don't think Board Ape Yacht Club next Saturday is going to be a bigger liquidity event than Moonbirds, you're wrong. 
Oh, yeah, Coda, I'm saying t target is 10th floor minimum. No, 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 I know you're right. I'm just saying the audience, if you don't think more money is going to trade in the market next Saturday than Moonbird's traded over the past week, you're completely wrong. This is the next liquidity event. It's, it, it's, I deserve $100,000 airdrop to me every month. Let's be clear. That's what I deserve. <laughs> and I want everyone to recognize that that's the way that the NFT space operates. A lot of people are confused. For those that have just entered the room and are new to the NFT space, and they're like, Oh, let me see what's going on in this room. Well, let me tell you, we just get airdropped cash on a regular basis, and that's what this whole space <laughs> is about. Christ. And it's uh, we deserve we deserve a Tesla, frankly, every day, so that I and and a house to store uh, like a storage space for all those cars that I'm storing in in New York City. I'm gonna have a, a garage uh, large uh, enough uh, to store multiple cars. Po, Po, look, we this have is a, a sponsor today. This is like ridiculous. Um, so, so real quick, <laughs> real quick. Um, NFT God has his hand raised. NFT God owns like 20 plus portals or 30 plus portals and has been asking for to come on the show. And I almost just, you know, stiff armed him into coming on the show because we're going to talk sponsorship in a second. But NFT God, what's going on? How you doing? And also, more importantly, won the poker tournament for the right. entire Nifty Discord over the C weekend. So congratulations. Look at, look at that. That's crazy. Dude, NFT, NFT God. God also called it out. Before the tournament started, he said, All right, I'm going to win this. There's a wow. screenshot of the chat and then proceeded to win it. Wow. Yeah. Well, shit. I mean, NFT God, are you a poker hustler? What's the deal? No, I just smelled a bunch of fish in the Discord. So uh, I knew that was going to happen. <laughs> We got a shark, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, NFT dog. <laughs> Smelled a bunch of fish. <laughs> Sharks in the water. We like it. <laughs> we were going to start a, a show. It's not Shark Tank. It's Shark Bite. And it was shark Bait. Just Shark bait. bait, shark bait, and it was gonna be like having really shitty NFT projects come on the stage and just being complete dicks to them, like unrelentingly, just literally being like, "Give me one reason to not fucking destroy you right now." So that I, we need NFT God on that show. Um, NFT God, uh, as far as like you know what's going on in the market, what are you looking at? Here's the play. So Saturday, I agree there will be a huge liquidity event, obviously, but here's the difference: I don't think it's gonna pump the market like Moonbirds. I think it's going to suck a lot of liquidity out of the market. It's not going to bring outsiders in. It's going to take money from other projects out. So here's what I'm doing. I'm targeting Board Ape Kennel Club, right? I think a lot of ape holders to get more land are going to look at Board Ape Kennel Club and sell theirs off. But what they don't know is I've been reading through the proposals on the Board Ape site. Staking is going to start in the next several months. That's just going to happen one way or the other. The kennels are going to bring more money to the board ape and mutant ape holders. They're going to add the amount of ape coin you get by staking. There's only 9.5 thousand kennel club. There's 30,000 mutants and apes. So when that staking starts, they're all going to be scrambling to pick up the kennel club to boost their ape yield from their staking. And so when I, I think they're going to sell off on Saturday. And I'm going to pick up as many kennel clubs as I can so that when people shift their attention to staking, uh, I'm going to be ahead of that supply squeeze. That's going to be a major supply squeeze when that happens. That's a big brain move right there for sure. And I actually I like your thesis because I agree with that. I think that the 
the way Moonbirds played out is because all the Silicon Valley guys decided that now they wanted to buy NFTs now that Kevin Rose did one. So you saw a lot of Silicon Valley and like VC type money come in for Moonbirds and they bought the Moonbirds off the NFT traders that aped in at 8 ETH. And then those NFT traders redistributed those profits back into the NFT market. And then, you know, lo and behold, you see what's happening right now in the NFT space. But I think you are right. It'll be a much more NFT native crowd aping into codas so you might see some floors drop you know invisible friends style or i'm trying to think of other liquidity events like that um real quick we got eddie with his hand raised then ben then we're going to throw to block bar and we're going to talk about block bar nft god thanks for coming on stage man come on whenever uh, i don't want to play poker against you though because i like my money uh eddie what's going on what's up um i just want to bring up a quick point we keep talking about the codas and almost exclusively the codas but they're only five percent of the total uh, land collection. So, as you know, as me, as someone who doesn't have any ApeCoin currently, as someone who has no exposure to the board ape ecosystem, I'm a little bit concerned if I just wanted to go in and try and buy uh, land, especially if it is priced in ApeCoin, just because I feel like, look, if you don't get lucky and you don't get one of those five percent lands, you're probably going to be holding something that isn't really going to have major use case for at least like a year so i don't know i I think there's a little bit of hesitancy um for the for the mass market if you're not looking at holding a coda i don't know if anyone has we we got a fudder in our midst i'm not (laughs) no i'm just kidding (laughs) very reasonable he was very reasonable with that ben do you have any opinions on what eddie said yeah i i think that um the kennels in general have been getting kind of disrespected and it's good to see them go up on a run even after that the the fake alpha from last week that they were going to be roaming the lands in search of dakotas but yeah i i think that you know there there's going to be a there's going to be 100,000 released in this first wave and then there's going to be another 100,000 lands released later on in the year so i think that it's a it's a good time to buy and ride the wave but there definitely will be a point you know, with the the addition of the supply that you'll be able to get in cheaper overall. And I don't think that there will be a working metaverse version before that second 100K drop. So I I do like the play. I think it's a a good time to ride the volume when it comes in. But um, there will be another event that you can get in maybe at a lower price. but I, yeah. I did want to just drop some alpha real quick that yeah, super I haven't quick. really heard yeah. anyone talking about. Um, Go ahead. So uh, I'm not sure if everybody is aware, but there's a platform called Looks Rare. Um, mo- most most people will know, but they they introduced a new functionality on their website where you get rewarded for actually listing your NFTs. Yep. So there's a um there there's a, a top twenty five of el- a top twenty of eligible collections. Top, 20, uh, top 25 of eligible collections and another five that are always on the bubble. But if you have a project that's in the top 25 of global 24-hour volume, you're going to get paid in looks to have your NFTs listed as long as they're within 1.5x of the floor. So so what I did yesterday, and, and shout out to my boy Drew Austin who reminded me about this, but um, I listed three of my mutants at... 1.5x of the floor. And so a- after running the numbers, I'm going to be making around $850 per day just for having these listed. And then if they do end up selling, I'll get rewards from that from looks 
And then I also will be able to buy another one back in near the floor. So I think that if you're if you're not trying to, you know, at least list your NFTs within 1.5x on Looks Rare, you're you're missing out on free money. And even if they well, sell at that point, you do have an opportunity to buy back in near the floor if you want and get Looks Rare rewards for the sale. As long what's, as it doesn't pump overnight. Yeah, go ahead, Nick. What's the reward ratio right now again? It depends on which project it is. Um, it's something that we talked about before. We can keep talking about it for sure. Thanks for bringing it up again, Ben. But I, I do want to throw to our sponsors. So check it out, everybody. We got a, a tweet pinned to the top by Blockbar, um, and we're about to dive deep into that platform. <clears throat> if you retweet the Blockbar tweet at the top, then you'll be entered to win as long as you're on the show at around 1020, uh, 10.25 when we start doing the giveaway uh, to win one of two NFTs. One has a 0.2 ETH value, and one is a Patron NFT with 1.5. ETH value. So I've got Sam on stage, Samuel, the uh, founder of BlockBar. Um, and I'm just excited to talk about this platform because I think it's it's really interesting for any like NFT theorists out there or people trying to understand use cases for blockchain and NFT technology outside of trading collectible there's, pictures of monkeys. You know, go ahead, Nick. There's two people on stage as well. We got yeah, uh, Karma. So, uh, okay, cool. So yeah. Yeah. So Sam, what's going on? What's going on, guys? Thanks for having me. Oh, our pleasure, man. We're really excited about this. When we were first talking about this sponsorship, I, I think I, I really expressed uh, you know, to Karma and to Elon how excited I was about it because not only do I feel like it's applicable for anybody that listens to the NFT space, but I also think that it's very educational if people don't understand about uh, it, understand that NFT technology will definitively be used as you know, token of authenticity, technology, proof of ownership, and everything in between. So could you give everybody an understanding of what BlockBar is exactly? Yeah, for sure. And by the way, Pio, I completely agree with you. Um, that was part of the reason why we launched BlockBar, but I'll get into that in a little bit. But for those of you who don't know, uh, BlockBar, we're an NFT marketplace where we sell asset-backed NFTs directly from luxury spirits and wine companies. So basically, each NFT is tied to an actual physical product. Each NFT is sold directly from these luxury spirits brands like Hennessy, Glenfiddich, uh, Monkey Shoulder, a, a bunch of other brands. And then when you own the NFT, we store the physical bottle for you for free and we insure it for you for free. And then with the NFT, you have the ability to resell it on the platform, resell it on OpenSea, uh, gift it to anybody across the entire world. Or at any point, you could burn the NFT and then redeem the physical product. And you never really have to worry about authenticity because uh, a consumer has never touched the physical product. The physical product has, has never left the facility. I'm, I'm so excited about this project. When you all reached out and then we were having a conversation, I was like, oh, holy shit. Um, this is incredible. Basically, what we've been discussing for the longest period of time is how uh, NFTs, one example or a common example is like replacing the title on a car or uh, the same for a house and and basically, um, or the deed for a house. And and so you don't need um, any of these, uh, it, well, it can all be digitized. And that's what's being done in this uh, particular case is that you have claim over, uh, in this case, high-end uh, liquor bottles. And for those who don't know, uh, those who, there's, there's people who just collect liquor, wine, and other uh, other you know alternative asset classes, and this is a perfect example of that. One thing that you didn't mention, which I think is uh, important, is are you guys are privately held right by duty free? Is that correct? So uh, my cousin and I are the co-founders of Blockbar. Uh, we previously came from the duty free industry. Uh, our family owns and operates the largest duty free company in the Western Hemisphere. 
Um, so we bootstrapped the, the whole company. And yes, we are privately held by, by that group. Got it. Okay. So uh, it's, it, it, yeah. And, and that group being, when you say the, the largest duty, for, it, are there multiple different forms of duty? Like, is this the one that you see in the airport? Yeah. So people don't know this, but duty-free is actually an industry. It's like saying retail. So there's a bunch of different duty-free companies. There's a do-free, duty-free shoppers. Um, our family owns and operates duty-free Americas, which is the largest, the largest in the United States and the largest privately held duty-free company in the world. Yeah, it's pretty insane. But that also gives you guys access to the biggest brands in this space. So for example, uh, Patron, which is the NFT or the bottle, the, the, the higher end one that we're giving away today. The other one's still high end though. What I like to call one not is ridiculous because it's still 0.2 <laughs> ETH, yeah. um, which is a sig significant amount. I don't own many $500 bottles of liquor. Actually, a uh, little secret, I own zero um, that, are, that are worth that much. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but yeah, that, that enables you all to work with different uh, brands. So like what type of brands are you guys working with right now? So right now we work with, uh, I think, nine total brands, um, but we're expanding every day. So we work with Hennessy, we work with Glenfiddich, we work with Royal Salute. Not many people know, but uh, most liquor companies are owned by like a larger portfolio company, um, of which there's probably eight major liquor companies in the world. Um, so for example, Moet Hennessy owns Hennessy, they own Moet, they own you know Ace of Spades, they own Veuve Clicquot. Um, so we work with uh, seven of the eight largest liquor companies in the world, but uh, a point that you brought up, which was kind of a reason that we started this, uh, like you said, we had access to a lot of top luxury brands. So our initial thesis was, you know, how do we sell NFTs directly from luxury brands? Because when we were trying to explain NFTs to people, they were like, you know, I don't get it. I, 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 it's hard for me to buy an NFT from an artist I've never heard of on a website I've never used. So we said, you know, let's sell NFTs directly from luxury brands. And then we looked through various different collectibles. We looked through fragrances, fashion, watches was a good one. The reason we landed on wine and spirits is because wine and spirits is one of the only collectibles in the world that you can own, but you are legally not allowed to resell it by yourself. Meaning in order for you to resell it online, you would need a liquor license, which you can't really do. Aside from that, storing liquor or storing premium wines and spirits is actually fairly difficult. And people don't really know this until it's too late. And then the biggest issue is authenticity, where if you have a bottle of premium spirits or premium wine and you do want to resell it because it's turned out to be a good investment, anywhere you go, they're going to require you to prove authenticity. But proving authenticity over a bottle of wine or spirits is virtually impossible. What you could do is prove authenticity of the bottle or the label. But the most common way to actually counterfeit a bottle is to have the real bottle, the real label, and then fake the liquid inside. Um, so that's kind of why we landed on spirits specifically. Wow. I mean, I did not know that part. That's fascinating. The thing that gets me most excited about, you know, a product like yours, a platform like yours is when I look at the NFT space, the NFT space onboarded a lot of people. I mean, I'd say most of the kind of active participants in the space uh, into collecting artwork uh, as an investment and collecting collectibles as an investment. Like I bought artwork before in places like, I don't know, Montreal and Cuba, but I bought it to put on my wall. I didn't buy it to, you know, as an investment, but now I own, you know, one of one artwork by different artists with the intention of it being an investment. Same thing with collectibles. I never bought like an X-Men comic book for, you know, hundreds or thousands of dollars with the intention of investing in it. Although I do know that there's a lot of people that do that with sneakers.
sneakers, basketball cards, and everything in between. But now I own a mutant ape that's you know worth six <laughs> figures. I feel like Blockbar is the type of thing that could onboard people into a new asset class, an alternative asset class uh, that's not new, but previously was only really accessed by like the Kevin O'Leary's of the world, yeah. you know, that have wine cellars and things like that. Yeah, exactly. And you know, when we were looking at this. When you think of that typical spirits or wine investor, you're probably thinking of like a 40 to 60 year old male. Um, and we have these numbers because, you know, th th this is our business. We have, you know, these duty free stores. And then when you're looking at people who really collect NFTs or see the value in NFTs, it usually skews to be a younger demographic. So the way we've tried to position ourselves is we're introducing NFTs to an older demographic because it's tied to a physical product, um, tied to brands that they know and love already. And then we're also introducing the world of wine and spirits to the younger demographic. Because like you said, this is a strong performing asset class that people just don't know about. And when they do know about it and when they learn about it and they're interested in purchasing it, that's when they realize all these hurdles, you know, primarily around access, storage, insurance and authenticity. I mean, yeah, th that like when I think about that, it's it's just so cool. It's kind of the same thing as, you know, when you look at paintings, you go to Christie's or something and you look at like a Basquiat painting on the wall. Um, you hope that they verified that that's authentic. But in the art world, counterfeiting is such a big deal. And I think you've already alluded to the idea that in the fine wine and spirits world, uh, it's also a very big problem. So to be able to buy this verified NFT and the way you guys drop them is you drop them in partnership with the brands, right? It's not like you're buying a bottle of Patron like you're acquiring it and saying, okay, cool, we're making an NFT that represents ownership. Rather, you have a relationship with Patron and in partnership with Patron, you put out the NFT slash, you know, uh, hold the bottle. Is that correct? Yeah, exactly. All of the products on our platform are in partnership directly with the brands. Uh, we actually receive a lot of inquiries to resell from, um, you know, current collectors who are saying, you know, I have this bottle, it's 60 years old, I'm looking to sell it. But again, then we would just solve into the, we would just fall into the same problem where, you can't really prove authenticity of a bottle of spirit because of the liquid inside that it's so difficult. And then even if you could prove authenticity yourself, you can't sell it yourself. You would have to go to one of these auction houses, which take a huge vig. Um, just because, like I said, you can't legally sell liquor yourself, especially around the world, just because there's different liquor license, importing license. Um, you know, some places don't allow you to import liquor into. So the way that we do it is, you know, we sell the NFT. The NFT could be traded to anyone in the entire world. So let's say you live in a region where you can't import spirits, but you're still interested in the asset class. You could buy the bottle, own it, show it to all of your friends. You know, you know it's authentic because it came directly from the brand. And at any point, you could either come pick it up, you could deliver it to someone overseas, you could resell it, or you could gift it, even if you can't import it into your specific region. So it's so cool. Well, uh, one of the aspects of like owning these sorts of assets, uh, well, for some people, it's just storage. I mean, there's plenty of people that own uh, expensive art that they just leave in storage. I'm, I, I'm not one of those people, but, <laughs> but, but, but apparently it does exist. So uh, that's, that, that's the thing. Um, and, uh, but the same, what, what's missing from that is it ends up just locked in this room. You can't even see it. And it's kind of a pain in the ass. I mean, well, it's not that big of a pain because I'm sure the person who has it in storage also has some insane art on their wall as well. So they're just like constantly flexing. That's their life. That's the life that they lead. Yeah. But I'm wondering for someone uh, like in this case, it sounds like you all are working on something or I don't know if it was another NFT or some uh, way of presenting the different liquor bottles that you've uh, acquired 
um, that you can display them in, in some way. Is that correct? Yeah, we're, we're working with partners to put together like a digital bar. So you could be sitting in your house and you have a digital bar um, displaying all of the premium spirits bottles that you own. And then also one of the differences between art and, and you know, high end spirits and wine is ultimately wine and spirits are meant to be consumed. But when you do consume it, you want to be sure that it's authentic and that it was stored properly. So another issue that people don't really think of is even if you're buying a bottle from, you know, a premium auction house or from wherever and it proves to be authentic, you're still running the risk that the person who owned it before you didn't store it properly. And, you know, with wine, this is really complicated. With whiskey, there's some issues, too, where you have to store that product in the right temperature, in the right location. A lot of people, you know, they move various times in their life. If you're moving from, let's say, New York to Miami, you know, you've never really had to think about shipping a product like that. Um, and a lot of times shit happens on the way where, you know, it just goes bad or it breaks or it cracks and people aren't really protected. Yeah, um, I mean, that go ahead, Nick. Well, the, the one other thing I was going to say, or I'm curious about with this is like, what does that fulfillment look like? Like how fast, if I go and burn this NFT, how fast does that happen? And I'm assuming that all happens built on your website. You have all the logistics or the logic built in where I can burn it through some contract and it uh, automatically ties into your uh, uh, whatever checkout flow. Is that correct? Yeah, so you could trade the NFTs on any Ethereum-based platform, but ultimately when you're trying to redeem the product, you're going to have to do it off Blockbar's site just because we have to do you know certain KYC checks, especially because we're importing and shipping liquor. Um, but when you do ultimately go to redeem, it usually takes between 7 to 10 days, to depending on where you are. Um, and again, that's standard across the industry. So even if you were to buy a bottle online overseas via some of these websites, it would also take around 7 to 10 days. Yeah, I mean, and if somebody's buying a high-end bottle of wine or spirits, they're not that worried about that shipping, you know, duration, especially since you guys handle all of that on the back end. You've also acquired a board ape and you're kind of running with the, you know, owning the IP of the board ape at this point, correct? Yeah. Uh, so we bought the board ape a few months ago and we were trying to figure out exactly how we could do it to benefit our community and also the board ape community. Um, so we actually recently partnered with Monkey Shoulder, which is owned by William Grants and Sons, the same owner as uh, Glenn Fiddick and Hendrix. Uh, and what we're doing is we're, we're opening up a ballot system where anybody who owns a board ape has the opportunity to enter the chance to put their board ape on a run of 100, of 100 bottles. Um, those will all be NFTs and they could resell them, gift them or redeem the physical product. And then for those who don't win the ballot, um, every board ape yacht club member uh, is going to be able to come onto our site and claim a free bottle of Monkey Shoulder with our block bar, with our block bar board ape on it, uh, and then members of our community are going to be able to come in and get half off the the retail price. That's so awesome, Signal. You have your hand raised. Do you have a question? Yeah, I have a question or, or just a comment. I absolutely love this idea of block bar, and there's two use cases personally that I had in the last twelve months. So I. Um, my nephew was born and I gifted the parents a bottle of wine, which I want yes. him to open when he's 18. And I gave it to them and I said, you know, please put this in storage for, for him so that he can, you know, it's good when he's 18 years yeah. old. And I, this would have been the perfect use case. And also um, wanting to give bottles of wines to friends who get married. And again, you don't want to transport the bottle of wine overseas on the plane. You just want them to be able to 
you know, magically get it and not have to go through the process of paying so much money for uh, transport. So I think, like, personally, the use cases here, I see so many, and I think it's a great idea. Well, I really appreciate that. But you touched upon one of the biggest uh, aspects of it, where wine is very giftable. Um, so, you know, that occasion happens a lot where, let's say someone is born uh, and somebody buys them a, a bottle of wine that they want to drink, you know, when they graduate college or, or when they get married or whatever. The problem is that storing that bottle of wine is impossible, specifically because, you know, people move around so much, they don't store it in the proper temperature. And then ultimately, if you do uh, drink that on that occasion, you're probably drinking vinegar. Uh, and there's a really good book called The Billionaire's Vinegar, where the most expensive bottle of wine ever sold just wasn't stored properly and turned to vinegar. So that use case is exactly perfect. You know, people want to buy wine, people want to buy spirits to celebrate an occasion that maybe happened in the future. But when you gift that bottle of wine, you know, that person is then stuck storing, storing it, ensuring it. Ultimately, it becomes impossible. And sending gifts around the world, like you said, it's a huge hassle. You think it's easy. Legally, you can't really do it. You're sending it overseas, which is impossible. And you're sending a fragile glass bottle with fragile liquid inside. Um, so one of the things that we did a couple months ago, we actually launched it with Penfolds Wine, was we launched the gifting capability of our NFTs, where you could send a bottle of wine to someone as an NFT, as easy as sending an email through our platform. Wow. I mean, when I think about the use cases, it does it does get really, really exciting, which is why I'm you know really happy that you guys came on today. I have a question, like an investor question. How do I not get wrecked, right? Like, I don't, I, I don't want to buy the top <laughs> on the Patron NFT or something. Like, how do I know what the best one of these things is going to be? And obviously, there's no right answer there. But what resources could I turn to? Am I just looking at the traditional wine and spirits market? Or is there like already some history of an NFT market surrounding wine and spirits? Like, how do I not lose all my money here, Sammy? <laughs> <laughs> well, f well, first of all, that's a, that's a common problem that a lot of people have, where even if you are looking to invest in, you know, premium bottle of wine or spirits, you know, you don't really know what to buy. Uh, and if you go to a regular liquor, lo li liquor store, you're going to see some of these bottles, you're going to be overwhelmed, you're not going to spend the amount of time researching the, the product. So what we do on our platform is, first of all, we only curate premium bottles. So Premium in the industry is categorized as over, you know, $400 per bottle. Um, and then we give you all of the details of that specific release and that brand. So you'll know, you know, how old is it, where it was aged, why is it exclusive, you know, a bunch of these different factors and elements on it. And then again, because our products are sold directly in partnership with the brands, all the products that we sell are at the suggested retail price. So it's not like you're going to find a product on our website. And then when you go to Total Wine, you're going to see that exact product and you're going to be like, oh, my God, I got wrecked. Uh, the products that you're going to see on our platform are exclusive. They're limited. They come directly from the brand and we list it for the suggested retail price. So, um, again, I don't think that this is uh, a get rich quick scheme. I don't think you're going to buy one of these products and flip it for 10, 20, 30 X. Uh, but Warren Buffett always says, you know, his secret to success is he was he, he was always open to getting rich slow. Um, and when you look at premium spirits and premium wine, um, it's and I don't want to give investment advice. I urge everyone to get to do their own research, but it's generally recession proof. I mean, you're you're looking at product that's specific from certain region that's been aged for a countless number of years that usually only goes up um, as time goes on. Really, the, the biggest risk in buying some of these bottles is the risks associated with storage, the risks associated associated with authenticity and with insurance. So. We do our best to remove all of those hurdles. But of course, you know, I urge everyone to do their own research, look at the product. And also, whenever someone's asking me what to buy, 
I recommend buying something that ultimately one day you would want to consume. So if you're a tequila drinker, you know, I recommend buying a tequila. If you're a whiskey drinker, I recommend buying a whiskey. Um, just a brand and a product that you like that you could get behind that you enjoy. Yeah, I mean, Samuel, we have another wine mogul on stage, uh, a guy that knows a thing or two about wine. Gary Vaynerchuk, how's it going? It's going extremely well. I, um, I just wanted to listen in. I'm uh, obviously super prepping for what we're doing today, but just wanted some background uh, alpha. And so I don't want to eat up too much time here. I know um, there's plenty of voices that need some of the airtime. So I just, uh, I just want to say hi to everybody. I hope everybody's super well. I just, I'm catching the tail end of the combo, so I don't have full context, but I'm enjoying it. You, you, you got you to gotta get Wine Library on this train to be a uh, competing competition. We need more competition in the space. Uh, no, but uh, in all I seriousness. Can, I, can, I, I can barely get my dad to give his employees raises. I'm, I'm, <laughs> my, my, day, my, days, my days of controlling the, uh, the Wine Library train are long over. Um, <laughs> I, I've got VaynerX I've got and VFriends to worry about. A um, couple of small but, businesses now, you know? Yeah, but, uh, but it's just good to see a lot of faces here. I, I recognize so many names and faces. I just want to say, like, I really appreciate the innovation uh, that you're talking about here, especially from Block. You know, th that's obviously a space I have a lot of heart for, and I'm excited when I get out of this fucking tornado of VFriend Series 2 and, and VCon to spend the summer and catch up on other people's projects, support other people's projects. And I just, uh, my, my parting thought is there's just such an obnoxious attention to short-term economics that it's causing a lot of anxiety and un unhappiness, um, mistakes, paper hands, just a lot of different things. And I, I would just tell everybody to take a collective breath. You know, some of the returns that people cry about are all-time returns in real estate and Wall Street in all-time timeframes. There's a level of entitlement and gambling and delusion that is definitely permeating. And I think we just all could use a collective breath and, and gratitude. And one last point, this space is so small if you're not cheering and rooting for everyone else, you're completely missing what's actually happening here. Every single person on NFT Twitter is part of a tiny, tiny community in yep. comparison to the 8 billion people on Earth. The concept that tearing people down or other projects down builds up your bag or your project is asinine. And I see a lot of faces here that I know are whispering in four-person dinners and eight-person dinners, and they're taking shots at other people and there's just genuinely, and I'm not even referring to me, I'm just like very much paying attention and I would just encourage everyone to realize any energy fudding somebody else's project, yucking somebody else's yum is a bad waste of your energy. And I, I really think it's food for thought. I love it. Uh, we'll, we'll dive more into that. We're, we, uh, we're chatting with AJ and uh, your team actually to have you on again. Um, at some point in the next couple of weeks so we can uh, dive into the details of the actual market dynamics um, and, and your thoughts on it and also the uh, ongoing success of VFriends and VFriends 2 and uh, everything else that you got going on. So really excited for that, uh, especially one year after coming on the podcast. I'm super pumped about this. Um, Me too. So the, 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 yeah. This is this going to be awesome. Yeah, and Gary, the, the team members here at Blockbar were day one mentors of the V1, so we're rooting for the, the launch and Thank we're you. hyped. We're hyped to continue pushing in my in my origin industry, and I can't wait to genuinely take a look on, under the hood and see what you guys are doing this summer. 
Hell yeah. Awesome. Um, Can't wait to have you on to talk about V Friends too, man. Uh, you came in the middle of a, a sponsored space for a wine competitor, so hope you can. Uh, it's not bear wine. It's liquor. No, it's actually not a competitor. <laughs> I want to be completely <laughs> clear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, we don't view it as competition, on, and, and, and Gary, like you were yeah. saying, Let, I think that there's so much room in this space. It's it's mostly about expanding the piece of the pie, right. not trying to compete for someone else's cut. That's right. Um, I mean, it's look, just, it's it's kind of like athletes after a game, right? You see them, they're high fiving. You know, how's your family? Like, those guys want to win. Like, do I want to build the greatest IP NFT project of all time with friends? Of course. Am I pumped when I see Cool Cats or Bored Ape or Invisible Friends or Moonbirds or anything, like, win? I'm ecstatic. Like, this is a tiny, tiny community right now, and we need to be cheering heavy, heavy for each other. And I'm seeing the contrary because money's involved, and I respect that. And uh, by the way... A lot of money's involved. That is money that most people can't afford to lose. Um, so I'm incredibly empathetic to why we're here. Um, but I would, I would, uh, you know, I, I don't want to take. Now that I know it's a sponsor thing, I got to get the hell out of here. So no, no, I'm no, going to no, go. But I'm sure for all of you, go do your please thing. Please continue. <laughs> uh, the, 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 thanks for thanks for joining, Gary. We'll we'll see you on uh, when, when on our uh, scheduled call, which is still in the process of being booked. But um, uh, awesome to awesome to have you, and also highly relevant uh, regarding uh, Blockbar, um, which I also suggest uh, checking out. If you have, if you're in the space and um, you're hanging out, they're giving out uh, a 1.5 ETH NFT and a 0.2 ETH. It's pinned to the top. All you got to do is retweet it, and then we're going to actually announce that momentarily. Uh, in a few minutes, we're actually going to announce who gets it. Um, so yeah, uh, really excited for that. Uh, got uh, we're just giving out thousands of dollars of value in addition to infinite value with knowledge <laughs> that's that's what's going on here so okay so back to uh block bar i actually do want to just emphasize you know we we don't um we, we don't just like let any project come on and like shill essentially on this the, the what we're on this show we've always been focused just on like hey what are the things that we can actually curate um, and who's, uh, who's building things that are like high impact that we can partner with. And that's what we've been thinking about. And what you all are developing for us, it, what we're saying is like, we're so, you always hear the refrain, we're early to this, but like it can't be overstated how early this is just in terms of the scale that we're at right now is that there's only hundreds of thousands of people in this market. And so like if this is actually going to grow to millions or billions, which is where social media grew to, we have a very long way to go. And we need companies that make that onboarding experience basically frictionless. And that's what you all are like working on is that you don't even need to have a MetaMask in order to go and buy this and to own an NFT. And that's the coolest part of your project, at least in my opinion. Um, so we're, we're like, that's that's what was particularly relevant. And frankly, I don't know if there's another example of one that I've seen, or maybe I have, and I just can't remember it because we look at so many projects. But this is the first one that we've actually seen that really um, demonstrates what we think the true utility of NFTs is, is that the NFT technology kind of bleeds into the background. And ultimately, what you're getting is what you already wanted. The, you, you, if you wanted to collect alternative assets, I think of even traditional art, I think of like a masterworks or something like that. This is something that gives access to that. So that's what we're really excited about. 
how long has this been in development like uh, that you've been working on this project i think you all also have this unique advantage in the fact that you have relationships with all the liquor companies right so so that's, yeah. that's that's insane so that you were able to accelerate that time to market but how long has the development been and i'm curious like how large is your development team and a relevant question now is has the contract been audited yeah so first <laughs> of all the contract has been audited we audited it with quantstep um, we were on this project for a little over a year and just touching upon how you're saying you know how this how early it is and how fast we're expanding um, you know about a year ago or even longer than a year ago when we first came up with the idea and we were trying to go to some of these, you know, big brands, they looked at us like we had three heads, you know, they just heard the word NFT or crypto, and they would almost leave the meeting as fast as they could. Um, but, you know, as the landscape was building out, and as more people saw the true value of NFTs as not just a marketing campaign, but really as a way to prove authenticity, prove ownership, frictionless payment, peer to peer transactions, um, we started getting a lot of callbacks and a lot of brands that were interested in it. And also a, a big, um, I don't want to say a competitive advantage, but a big uh, in that we had with these brands is, yes, we, you know, we have the relationship with them through the duty-free industry, but also we're one of the largest liquor distributors in Latin America, and we have a, the largest e-commerce delivery platform for spirits in Singapore. So these brands had a long relationship with us. So they didn't feel like it was as big of a risk getting into the space. Um, and again, we had, you know, we spent a lot of time crossing our T's, dotting our I's, you know, we waited forever for our, for Quantstamp to audit our contract. We integrated with Fireblocks just because we had to make sure that, you know, everything was as secure as possible. We have an integration with Chainalysis. Um, so, you know, when someone goes onto the website and they see, oh, you know, I'm able to pay with, you know, credit card or crypto, you know, this is so easy. It takes so much work on the back end. I mean, just for us to get a lot of those integrations took forever. Um, and like you said, we're trying to make it to the point where people don't even need to know anything about NFTs, meaning... They hear about a product from a premium spirits brand. They log on to BlockBar. They have the ability to buy it with credit card or with crypto. It's an exclusive product they can't find anywhere else. And then once they buy it, they have the option to have it delivered, in which case it does operate like a regular e-commerce platform, except now they have the, audit, the added benefit to have that product stored by professionals in a secure facility in Singapore. So, yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more when you're saying how early it is. Um, you know, I think that there's plenty of use cases like when you were saying earlier with real estate you know i think that that's coming with all different types of collectibles just because you know in the modern day and time in 2022 everyone wants to own cool stuff but in today's day and age there's not really a need for you to store those stuff that stuff by yourself and in your home um there just has to be a more efficient way to do that stuff absolutely so, and real quick you know ladies and gentlemen if you came in uh you know with gary v you know, we are doing a sponsored spot right now for Block Bar. Retweet the tweet at the top to be entered into the giveaway that we're doing momentarily. If you're new to the show, the show happens Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 10.30 a.m. We are giving away a couple of NFTs through Block Bar. If you see at the top 0.2 ETH value and 1.5 ETH in value, retweet that tweet for a chance to win. Nick, go ahead. Uh, that was what I was going to say. Now I got to figure <laughs> out how to, uh, how, how to make the selection. So we're about to do that. Yeah, so everybody, you got 10 seconds to retweet. Well, probably a little more because I'm going to have to figure out how to do this damn thing real quick. But yeah, uh, um, 
about 15 seconds this is the nft market and trade show we are fortunate to have a valued sponsor on today's show block bar half of that sponsorship money will be going into the nifty portal community wallet to reward the members of our community so 50 percent always goes directly back to the community in the form of prizes for our weekly pick them prizes for just genuine community participation prizes for making good uh trading calls in the discord and prizes for things like the poker tournament that we did last so, weekend and other things nick go I, ahead i can't pick it the way that i retweeted so i'm gonna send uh block the block bar team a link so that they can actually pick the winner okay block bar back office you're being put on blast right now you didn't know you're gonna have to do this today samuel we're gonna see how your op your operations team can operate here in a crunch <laughs> no problem i trust karma karma's built for moments like these yeah, I, karma's literally just like you mean. Oh, I have to click a button. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna have to log in with Twitter and then click a button. That's what's gonna have to happen. So I just sent you a DM on your Blockbar account, and uh, hopefully you can do that. Yeah. So very cool to have a uh, to have Gary V, who knows the wine business very well, pop on uh, during the Blockbar sponsorship. I just that texted was... him a thank you, and he said uh, he said he's rooting rooting for our team and i'm like yo i'm rooting for your team but he doesn't need anyone to root for him okay so uh <laughs> just take all that rooting towards gary and direct it towards us okay thanks and uh and <laughs> yeah, well, gary doesn't need support no. <laughs> so, he doesn't need your love okay the, that man has so much recognition and uh you know daily daily recognition but where's mine like no one's like being like oh nick you're so great wow i don't see people on the street when i'm sitting in a bat or at a basketball game like waving and like flagging me down but i see gary sitting on the floor and people are sitting there waving at him being like gary gary see me i'm right over here i'm right over here <laughs> nice all right very very mature response to are having you funny, gary gary? on the show <laughs> i'm just <laughs> kidding ridiculous uh in the meantime signal has her hand raised what's going on sig can I get the breaking news? Uh, oh, Nick, hold on, give her sec, breaking news. Oh my God! Get, breaking news. You put me on this sec. Uh, here we go. And we have breaking news coming to you live from the uh, Signal Studio. We're a de we're a decentralized team here, so wh wherever sh she's at. Live from the studio, Gem XYZ has been acquired by OpenSea. Let's go. Whoa. What by OpenSea? <laughs> Holy shit. That's pretty crazy. Holy Damn, shit. Where'd you find this? That actually is nuts. That's got to be the quickest acquisition like that you can like think about how quick that was. Gem XYZ came out like 3 to 4 months ago and they're already been acquired. They've already had an exit. That's pretty nuts. Also, people that came in with Gary V are probably like what the hell is this show at this point? Like what am I listening to? It's an NFT market and trade talk show and you're about to witness a giveaway of some NFTs that represent high-end liquor and spirits or excuse me spirits and wine sorry I, no it's I, not I, wine you keep using wine there's no <laughs> wine involved with this i no, want to no, be very do, clear we, this is a do, liquor we, company we do some wine uh, okay they do, do some wine, wine correction correction, correction i fucked up okay <laughs> so, so so uh shows how much i know here so in terms of we got our winners uh here's the way it's going to work oftentimes we run into an issue where the person doesn't show up and then what happens is i get death threats Okay, so uh, you get I, those either I, way. I want to apologize in advance. If we call on your name and you don't show up, then you, you don't win. Like that's just the reality. And sometimes Twitter is what ends up rugging us with with uh, looking for this. So the first one, this is for the monkey shoulder block bar NFT. 
Should we do like a uh, drum roll sort of thing? Yeah, yeah, you uh, got the drum roll. Um, right, right? I, I think I got, let's see if this one works. Hey. Okay, this is a different drum roll. Okay, I like this. this is a big drum. Yeah. The first one is, how long does this goes for a minute, huh? Yeah, just we'll spit it out, answer. Nick. Hold on. Oh, Realistically, the person's not going to be oh, in the room. Oh, now it's going somewhere. Oh, my God. <laughs> Dude, the person's not going to be in the room. We're going to get, we have to get through this. Let's go. Okay, it's OX Palms. Uh, let's see if they show up. I'm going to actually have to look for them here. Uh, it's OX Palms. Uh, Palmas. OX Palms. Yeah, There's OX a lot of OXs in the crowd. It's 0X underscore. P not in the crowd. Not in the, unless they did O and they did an O and then an X and then. It, so, no, uh, not in the crowd. Not in the crowd. They didn't get it. Okay. We're going to move on, on to the next one. Don't rug me. Okay. Don't rug me. Oh, this will be ironic if they aren't in the crowd because that's going to be Don't rug me. Don't where, see them. Where, uh, I, I, they're not in. They're, they don't show up on the attendees for You me. got rugged, amigo. <laughs> Shit. Maybe the search doesn't work at this point, actually. Well, uh, if you if I you want to request, if they request to speak uh, in the interim, we'll give a five second period for them to uh, uh, request. I'm uh, looking. I'm not seeing them. I don't see them. All Wish right. I was seeing them, but I'm not. So seeing we're gonna them. have to uh, block bar. You're gonna have to select another one. We can keep uh, rotating a bunch. through them. Yeah, get get like ten of them and and post them in the DM to me, and then we'll select it. This is what happens. And you know what I'm going to get? I'm going to get some DM from somebody. And they're going to be like, but I was in there. They're going to send me a screenshot. I was requesting it. I'm requesting <laughs> it right now. I'm in the show. I'm in the show right now. I'm requesting it. And, and they're sending me furious messages saying that I want $1,000. Look, I want $1,000 too. So hopefully I get it for retweeting. I think that's against the terms. I'm going to be honest. That would be really fucked up. But um, okay, let's, we're going to have to pick some other ones, I think. Um, so block bar, if you want to just, uh, DM Hit us with more. some more winners. Uh, Hey, look, this, this is basically a grace period for those other people. If they emerge a um, side note, here's another situation. Board ape Instagram has been hacked. I've received a yep. lot of DMS about this. And so I just want to clarify, there is no giveaway right now. Uh, and, and there is no mint taking place. Um, if you're seeing those, uh, then it's incorrect. Apparently their Instagram has been hacked. Uh, there is no mint going on right now, so do not mint it. Okay, we're going to try the next one. We got Jen Marie. Jen Marie Inc. is her username. J-E-N-M-A-R-I does not show up for me. Where are you at, Jen? I don't see you either. Come on. I'm, I'm about to just look in the crowd and pick somebody that's in the crowd. That may be the way that we end up going here. Let's, let's just try a couple more real quick and see if it works. Tyler Sloan. T underscore Sloan, Sloan. Nope, don't. I don't see it. This is this is hilarious. This is preposterous. We, we, I'm, we I'm need, literally need, gonna just I, randomly pick. Hey, someone. Actually, well, hold on. Before you do that, Blockbar, just DM me like twenty of these, and, and just just send me a bunch of accounts right now, and then I'm gonna go through and try and find them. We can continue with the con Oh, it says we've been rate limited. I think okay. we broke Twitter. Okay, well, I'm I'm randomly picking someone. Well, you then scroll. To... Uh, okay, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna select the second one. I'm rolling down. I'm scrolling down right. here. People are emojiing. They they're trying to get my attention. Look, I'm literally gonna shut my eyes. Okay, I'm gonna shut my eyes. And so I'm just I, you gonna... got the first one that you select is the point two ETH one. Okay, so point two ETH one. I'm doing it now. I'm gonna just scroll with my eyes closed and stick my finger on the screen. Okay, so I'm doing it right now. Here we go. Eyes are shut. Scroll is happening. Okay. Fingers on the screen. I got one as well. 
I have Hell Scream. His tag is DeFi plus plus. I just invited you to speak. You have a mutant ape, so the rich getting richer right here. I just invited you to, to speak, Hell Scream, DeFi plus plus. I oh, see shit. you in the I crowd. got the the person I selected has a nifty portal header. Oh let's fucking go. Look at that. And like DeFi it's plus plus XTZ Grumble. XTZ Grumble got the grand prize. Yo, we got Hellscream on on stage with his uh with his mutant ape. Hellscream, what's going on, amigo? I'm good. Thank you, thank you, thank you for picking me up. Of course, congratulations on winning. Uh, you now own the most expensive bottle of alcohol that you've ever bought, probably. <laughs> yes, definitely. There you uh, go. Well, XTZ Grumble has an even expensive, more expensive one. I asked you if you want to speak, XTZ Grumble. It would be sad if you don't accept my request because you also happen to own a nifty portal, which, yo, if you don't own one, come on. Like, I mean, I what, mean really? Like, what, what, are you, what are you doing? You're going you're gonna to fade us? You, you're fading you, us, you, man? You, you fade. Come on. Even Gary V said he's rooting for us, and you're not rooting for us. <laughs> but like, you're not, on. man. Who are you? Oh, Who are you? <laughs> come on. Look, look <laughs> I at you. Great buy. Great buy. <laughs> oh, we got him. We got him on stage. Hellscream. Grumble. Hellscream. You got to DM me because you have DMs turned off and I don't want to lose you here. DM me. Oh, shit. Wait. XTZ Grumble just got rugged. Wait. Oh, no. Oh, no. Well, he was here and he came on stage and then Hold Elon on. He's Musk he's, he may be oh, back. back. Hold on. Let's see back. if he comes back. Let's see if we get him back. Elon, fix this shit, man. <laughs> Where's Elon? At? That's Elon Musk, not Elon from Blockbar. I don't um, want I don't want to take it away from XTZ, but I want to get him on stage. Leave the room and come back XTZ. We we got to get you up on here. Yeah, uh, screen DM me please. Oh, I just did. Okay, cool. Perfect. I just didn't want to lose you. You know, I'm a very busy man. From one moment to the next, I might get pulled into an important meeting. Forget Dude, about you. I don't want that to happen. I, I'm giving a bias here to XTZ. It's unfair, and I don't want. I, I want to let them on stage. I'm literally just giving them a bias, like in the sense that I'm giving them a second chance because they own a nifty portal, which feels fair. It feels yeah, relatively it, 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 it feels yeah. fair. Relatively fair. Yeah. What are the odds? Like, I, I guarantee you the odds are, like, aren't, well, probably pretty decent, actually, well, in our room. Hellscream, do you have a nifty portal, Hellscream? Yes. You do? What? You do? Yes. Oh, oh my shit. God, we're cornering the it market. I, I still would. This is actually we, problematic. I'm going to be honest. Like, you, <laughs> like, you'd actually want the numbers of people that have it in this room to be less if we're actually going to really, really crush it, but whatever. Yeah, yeah, that's true. We're we're kind of just playing to our audience, and uh, it looks like Gary brought in a big audience that's now leaving because they're like, "What the hell did I come into?" This is the NFT Market and Trade Talk Show that happens Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 10:30 a.m. EST every Monday through Friday. You can also check it out on Spotify and Apple Podcasts after the fact uh, if that's more of your jam. Uh, this is a giveaway for our sponsors of today's episode, Blockbar. Half of that sponsorship money goes directly into the community wallet for nifty portal holders to make sure that we give back to our community on a super consistent basis and i'm really happy with how that's going hell scream is winner number one it sounds like xtz something is the other winner the big the big it's winner xtz grumble um but he's and, rugged and and here's what happened and i told you we were going to get the uh the dms and uh the person that had won but didn't because we moved on was because they were on desktop so if you're on desktop, turns out you're not going to make it. And uh, yo, shout out to Don't Rug Me. Sorry. Like, I, I don't know what else to say. Just don't. I'm going to switch my username to Don't Attack Me.
because I don't want to be like at one of these <laughs> events and the person's going to be like, hey, walk up behind me. Hey, Nick, yo, you, you remember how I won that NFT and then you didn't give it to me? Yeah. And then I'm going to get like shanked. Like all okay. of a sudden, I'm just going to get like shanked at that event. That's kind of like a fear that I live with on a daily so, basis. So XTZ Grumble is in our Discord like, so what now? Because he can't get back on stage because he's rugged. So why don't we just in Look, good I, faith... I gave him the username to the Block Bar team. Uh, okay, so he's the winner. So congratulations to the winners. Can we get a round of applause, Nick? So people are actually posting photos of shankings in, in the Discord right now. <laughs> uh, round, round of applause. There we go. Hey, thank you. Thank you very much. XTZ Grumble was the first one. Hey, what's the, the username for the first one, uh, Pia? It's Hellscream. He's on stage. D5++. Uh, there he is. D5++. D5++ is the first one. Yep. Well, hey, look, our shout out to our sponsor, Block Bar. We told them Gary V was going to come on stage during their sponsorship. Just kidding. No, we didn't. So that was something that uh, I don't think anybody really expected. That, he, that was unintended for him. He just walked into a sponsored spot and then was like, oh, shit. Uh, but then <laughs> it seemed like we were all good. And now he sent me a text message um, to buy his spectacular auction. Does he think I just have like 40 ETH sitting around? Like how much is that <laughs> shit going to be? I guarantee you, uh, like that's, that's just absurd. Uh, but he's saying auction, buy into that auction. Gary, yo, I'm going to try my best. Okay. We're going to try our best. Yo, shout out to Block Bar. Make sure you follow Block Bar on Twitter. Follow Samuel on Twitter. They're doing a very innovative platform in the NFT space that solves problems and hopefully will help NFT uh, skeptics, doubters, people that don't understand NFTs grasp the power of the technology outside of just trading pictures of cartoon monkeys and things like that. This is really cool. Um we like Block Bar. We want to partner deeper with Block Bar because I'm an alcoholic and it's my kind of thing. Appreciate everybody listening to the show. This show happens Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 10.30 a.m. What a surprise. Had Gary Vaynerchuk crash the show today, but we've been in talks with his people to get him on. So hopefully he comes on for a dedicated space in the future. Everybody, make sure that you check out our NFT, The Portal. Uh, it's having a little bit of a pump right now. I'm just saying. Not supposed to say that. Uh, talking uh, about price over here. P.O.'s back at it again. No, you know, no, no. This but, conversation. Yo, we shout had this out. conversation. We're putting him in jail no. in the Discord. <laughs> I was in prison. We didn't talk about that, but shout out to Gary V, New Jersey, Tri City area. Let's go. Yeah.